Hi, my name is Jonathan Darty, and I'm the founder of Gateway to Freedom, and I used to be addicted to porn and sex. Gateway to Freedom is our workshop for men who want to overcome any kind of sexual struggle or stronghold. It's conducted over three days in a safe, private setting with professional counselors and experts in dealing with sexual brokenness issues. Now, space at each workshop is limited to ensure the highest quality of personal attention. And the workshop is available throughout the year in several locations around the United States. Hundreds of men over the years have found hope and healing through Gateway to Freedom, and I believe you can too. Our next workshop is coming up November 1st through the 3rd in Florida. You can register by calling 1-800-49-PURITY, that's 1-800-497-8748, or by visiting BeBroken.com. Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad that you've decided to join us today. My name is Jonathan, and uh, I've got a friend back with us, a ministry colleague back with us on the program. I've got David Foster here with us. Uh, and David, welcome back to the program. That's great to see you again, Jonathan. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I'm not good with, uh, with numbers or years, so I've kind of lost track of how long we've probably known each other because it was very, very early on in our ministry, which was 16 years ago, that I think I met you in like Washington, D.C. or something like that. There was a conference that we, we were both separately invited to, and I think that's my, maybe where our paths first crossed. Yeah, I think that was shortly after you started your ministry. It was very close to there. So it's been, and then it's been really cool to uh, to do stuff with you with Pure Passion TV and um, man, just lots of cool projects that you've done over the years. And can you tell our listeners just a little bit about just some of the resources that you guys still have available through streaming and, and television and those types of things? Well, the Pure Passion TV show is still on the air. If you have DirecTV or Dish Network, you can get it nationwide Saturday nights at 11.30 Eastern p.m. And uh, I have a new podcast with the Charisma Podcast Network called Pure Passion, and that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a new book called The Sexual Healing Reference Edition, which is a 500-page reference book for pastors and counselors and parents or anybody, even people who need help. It's, it's designed to hit both sides of that, that issue. Yeah, uh, I will tell you about the Sexual Healing Reference Edition. I've loved to see how that content has been delivered in so many different ways over the years. Because I remember when you originally wrote the, the sexual healing book, and, and I think you had said you'd, you'd presented it to a publisher, and they were like, okay, we got to cut this thing down by like 75%. And it's like, it's like somebody slicing up your, you know, your kid or something. It's like, uh, and then, and then there was that, that particular edition, but I love the fact that now you've taken so much of that content back into a full blown like reference edition. So it, it really is almost like a comprehensive library, right? For, right. for ministry leaders and pastors to use. And it covers every single area of, of sexual brokenness. So if they have a client who's transgender, they can go to the transgender chapter to get some information. Uh, we've done three documentaries, by the way. Uh, one, uh, one with 26 former homosexuals talking about how they developed it, how, how the lifestyle was, how they got out of it, how God has been healing them. 
The second doc, How Do You Like Me Now, is uh, for parents and pastors and spouses, children, and siblings of homosexuals to show them what to do. And then the third documentary, Transformed, with a Z, uh, is all about transgender disorders. Yeah, and I watched that one just recently, and I have to just give a plug for it because I felt like it was it was done in such a, a profound way. I mean, it really moved me just because the way that the stories were told and and sometimes it's very easy to just draw ideological lines or political lines, uh, even religious lines in such a way that it's so much of a kind of us or them, us versus them type of a thing. And, and to, to, to bring in these real life stories of full circle transformation in terms of going into the transgender lifestyle and then being redeemed out of it by Jesus Christ. I mean, it's just, I just felt like it was very well done. And I think it's so timely in our culture today that those stories be told. Yeah. Um, we also have a YouTube page under David Kyle Foster, which has had six and a half million views. Mm. So the, the reach of these videos is awesome. We have some of them in 13 different languages and lots of Spanish episodes. So it's, it's a great resource for people who are broken. They're divided up topically. And, uh, and pastors and leaders who need some help figuring out what to do. Yeah. So thinking about kind of maybe the sexual healing reference guide, um, we're, gonna, we're going to turn to the uh, single man uh, maybe section of like, how do, we got this great question that came in from one of our, one of our listeners, and he was talking about how, um, what does it mean to be single and sexually healthy. And he really started kind of trying to unpack, you know, is that even an option for single men? Uh, he says in the recovery community, it seems that healthy sexuality is mostly applied to married individuals or those that are in committed relationships. But what about single men? Should single men be abstinent from sexual expressions until they find their spouse? Does, um, uh, what about masturbation, even with no porn while being single? Is there such a thing as healthy masturbation? So I'd love for for you to be able to maybe bring in, let's, let's talk about just what does it mean to be single and sexual and godly? Like how do we, how do, does that, can that work? Is that possible? It is possible. Uh, unfortunately, we're still under constant temptation from the enemy. So it's not going to be perfect, uh, but it is possible to live your life without going back into pornography, uh, masturbation, uh, immorality of any kind. Uh, and the Bible makes provision for it. Um, first thing you need to ask yourself is what kind of singleness I'm in. Are you a child, a teen? Have you not gotten married yet? Everybody's single probably most of their life. So it depends on where you are. If you've been married and you're now divorced, if you've been widowed, all of these situations where you are single. So it's the same for all of them the answer is the same for all of them. So don't feel alone just because, uh, you know, you're single, never been married or something, and you have it worse than everybody else. You really don't. Yeah. And I would say, I think where, where sometimes this particular question comes from, we see this a lot in our ministry is, is sort of pitting singleness against marriedness <laughs> and, um, and trying to try to create this false dichotomy of which one is better. Like, 
and and which one is which one is harder to be a let's in this case we're talking about men which one is harder to be a man of integrity is it harder to be a man of integrity as a single person or is it harder to be a man of integrity as a as a married person and a lot of times whichever side of that fence so to speak that you're on you point to the other and say well it's probably way easier if you're on that side yeah so so what would you say to that maybe that false dichotomy that gets set up of singleness versus married well, when I look at you, I see the image you're projecting. I don't see the real you. The real you is deep inside with all of its wounds and traumas and unbelief and all those things. So the first thing we have to consider is the fact that the people we're looking at are far more broken than we know. And we share a lot more with them than we realize. So the dichotomy is unhelpful at every level. So you have to figure out, am I called to be single for the rest of my life in order? In, in other words, is God calling me to be married to him? And that goes to the issue of what is uh, sexuality created for in the first place? Mm -hmm. Why did God create it other, uh, in addition to procreating the race? And the answer is found in Ephesians 5, where, where God is talking about how uh, husbands and wives should treat each other. And then he ends the passage by saying, I'm talking about Christ in the church. And so the human sexuality and marriage uh, thing is really a prefigurement of the ultimate marriage. Mm -hmm. And this is why we're to remain faithful to our spouses, because they prefigure a holy and perfect union with Christ that's going to come. Now, if you can get that vision, that's going to go a long way in helping you to say no to ungodliness. Yeah. And I think, I think even that Ephesians five passage, I love how, you know, th that particular statement is even preface, prefaced by it being a mystery. There are elements to this that it's like the metaphor cannot fully instruct us on what the depths and breadth of that intimacy between Christ and his church is really all about, but at least gives us a little picture. And so I think sometimes what we then do is we take the picture, which is the physical element of, of sex and this, this idea of covenant union between a man and a wife, a woman. And we try to, we try to, we, we almost, that then becomes the idol. We begin to worship the thing rather than, what it's meant to point us to, right? Which is the union between Christ and the church. So thinking about this single guy who is maybe hearing this and going, okay, I, I, I maybe get this, the idea that there's a picture there. It's meant to point me to something greater, but, but it's Saturday night and I am having all kinds of lust struggles. I'm not seeing the picture. I just need to know, like, how do I live in the broken state of this world as one who does love Jesus, does want to understand that picture, but I'm struggling on a Saturday night, you know, in my house with my computer. What do I do? Well, you have to learn. Uh, first of all, there needs to be repentance and salvation through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us. Then we enter, uh, we leave the salvation stage and we enter the sanctification stage. And the sanctification stage is just as important as the salvation uh, stage in that those who are already saved have to learn from the Holy Spirit how to say no to ungodliness. Part of learning to do that is living in intimacy with the Father. If you do not pursue intimacy with the Father, you're going to end up with a maintenance program where you are taught how to keep yourself from falling. Mm 
-hmm. And you're going to end up in pride because you did it. Whereas intimacy with the Father puts you in a position of total helplessness and total dependence on the Father to give you the power to say no because you don't have it. And yeah. so, um, and it says it over and over and over again. In, in uh, Jeremiah 29, it says, you must seek me with all your heart and then I will reveal myself to you. And then in Galatians 5.16, if you walk according to the Spirit, you will not uh, satisfy the desires of the flesh. So that brings up the question, what does it mean to walk according to the Spirit? How mm -hmm. do you learn to do that? You learn to do that in your intimate moments with the Father. And what he does is he begins to reveal to you the roots of your temptations. I mean, if you've been sexually active before you got saved, you've got all kinds of things going on in your brain that need to be fixed. Uh, the renewing of the mind that it talks about in the Bible, that has to happen. And so you have to be taught all over again how to turn to God when you're tempted and truly believe that he's there with the power to keep you from falling, as it says in Jude 24, mm -hmm. that God keeps us from falling. So this, the, and then in Romans 8, it tells, it talks about uh, walking according to the Spirit. And basically, it's the same thing I just said. Walking according to the Spirit is to walk in union with the Spirit and to take your cues from the Spirit and to get your power from the Spirit and to get your knowledge from the Spirit. Can you, can you talk about this just a little bit from even just your personal experience? Because I think it's important that our listeners know that you're not talking theoretically or just idealistically. Um, you're a single man. No. You have been, God has called you. I believe he's called you into that for really so much of what he's had you do in this field of ministry in terms of sexual brokenness. But can you share a little bit about, okay, what does this look like for you as a, as a single man? to walk okay. this out in your life? Well, when I got saved, I had lived a massively sexually broken life, a massive sex addiction. I even entered into prostitution, major homosexual confusion, porn addiction. I mean, the, the whole thing. Uh, I have all, all the signs of being sexually abused around the age of nine, tried to kill myself back then, tried two more times to kill myself before. People tried to kill me three times when I lived in Hollywood and I was hustling on the street. So I, I was about as sexually broken as I can even imagine somebody to be. And when I came to Christ, I just knelt at my bed every night and I told the Lord what was wrong, <laughs> which is kind of funny, uh, as if he didn't know. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I told him I'm being tempted by this tonight. Help me. Tell me what to do. Um, I'm mad at you tonight because you're not helping me as quickly as I want you to. Uh, this is taking too long. A lot of people have a stopwatch on God. And if he right. doesn't help them in the time that they have determined, then they walk away assuming God doesn't love them. He doesn't care. Uh, they're doing it all wrong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the first thing I did. I knelt at my bed and I complained and I begged and I asked questions and he didn't answer every question by no means, but every once in a while, he would directly answer a question. Uh, sometimes he answered them through preachers. Uh, the first month I was saved, I went to Hollywood Presbyterian Church, and Paul Cedar was guest preaching that month. And he proceeded to preach on the very question I had asked God mm. that week for, for the whole month. So God will intricately 
guide you. Um, and that is critical. If you don't do that, you will not be transformed because dependence on God, believing in his goodness is critical. So what he would do is he'd say, uh, you know why you do that, whatever the issue was of the day? It's because of this. And he would tell me. And then I would ask him, well, what do I do about that? And then he would tell me. For an, exa for an example, uh, one, uh, he had delivered me from a lot of stuff by this time, by this incident. And I wasn't getting delivered from this relatively minor uh, sin. And he delivered me from so much greater. And so I said, Lord, why aren't you delivering me from this? It's, it's a minor thing. And he said, it's because you still love it. Mm. And I realized in that moment, yeah, of course, it wouldn't be tempting me if there was not a part in my heart that still loved that sin and wanted the pleasure it would give me and convincing myself I deserved it after all I've been through, yada, yada, yada. And so I realized, well, if there's a part in my heart that still loves it, I still have to go to God for him to take away that love for it. I cannot take it away myself. So I immediately said, God, change my heart so that I don't love it. Cause me to love you more. Yeah. Well, and I love what you're saying here because I think fundamentally the paradigm shift is, is a shift of focus, right? A focus of our affections. And I think that's, it's not as easy as like flipping a switch. So I love the fact that you're showing there's, there's a discipline to it, right? Like every night going to my bed, I'm having a conversation with God. I'm sharing with him what's going on. I'm not, I'm not looking at it as like, hey, I should just be able to dump a truck and then, you know, magically, finger snapped, everything's different. You're showing that there's this process to it. And I love the way how you said earlier, it's really pursuing intimacy with God. Well, that doesn't look like a lot of us think it looks like, which is just kind of warm fuzzies. And we like to romanticize sometimes what intimacy with God looks like, when in fact, what you're showing through your process is there's discipline, there's tears, there's persistence, there's community, pastors and the church being part of this process. So I think that's important for a single person as well as a married person to hear that the pursuit of sexual integrity and wholeness, whether you're married or single, is ultimately a pursuit of intimacy with God. And it requires faith. And most of us, I think, have no clue what faith really is. Mm -hmm. uh, it says in Ephesians 3, 16 to 17, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen, referring to God, he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So faith is critical in this. You must believe that he does have the power, that he does care, that he will help you. And uh, I remember one night I was uh, getting sorely tempted, and I said, God, I can't resist it anymore. You're just going to have to send some supernatural power here. And he gave me a vision, and I suddenly saw a bouncer at the door of a bar. You know those big guys? Right, yeah. If you don't have an ID, you're not getting in. And if you got in somehow and he finds you, you're going out now. Yeah. <laughs> well, he showed me a vision and the Holy Spirit was the bouncer. And the, uh, the bar was my heart. And the Holy Spirit was there standing guardian to not let temptations that would cause me to fall come in uh, unless I wanted them to. He always goes according to our will. 
And so our will has to be reformed to be uh, in union with his. And so um, that was a great help for me. I could always go to that vision and see the Holy Spirit standing ready to fight for me mm-hmm. when these temptations came. And if I gave in to them, he was still there, ready to cleanse me and to forgive me again because Christ had already paid the price for my failure. But a lot of people think, well, he paid the price for my failure. It doesn't matter so much if I sin anymore. And you haven't read the New Testament if you think that, because he's always calling us to holy living. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's this union with him that empowers it. Uh, Another passage in 2 Chronicles 16 says, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So that full-on commitment, I am not going to do this if you will empower me, Lord anymore. Now, I know a lot of sexually broken people have prayed that prayer an infinite number of times, and when it hasn't instantly happened, they go into feelings of self-condemnation and self-hatred. That's really unbelief. Mm -hmm. Self-hatred and self-condemnation, if you know the Lord, are lies of the enemy. And so you have to reject the lies. You have to learn what lies you're believing deep inside. Have the Holy Spirit show you what they are, and then renounce them and turn away from them uh, so that you don't get fooled by the enemy. And that's part of spiritual warfare. And I think one of the ways that then we have a false idea of the gospels, you know, we, we read Romans eight one where it says, therefore there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we, we misapply that grace to our lives where then we say, and I can do whatever I want and not have any consequences Mm -hmm. to my behavior. And it's like, no, the grace of God does say that your soul is saved and there's no condemnation. But you know what? If you if you go out there, David, and say, yeah, sin, come on into the bar of my heart, God will allow that, right? But then he's out. also going to allow the consequences that come with that. And That's yet, exactly. and, and what's amazing to me about his grace, though, is even on the back end, when we recognize that was a poor decision, I was outside of your will, Lord, I confess that. He's the bouncer who will toss that out, right? And say, as far as the East is from the West, I'm not going to hold that against you. And so I think it's, it ultimately is grace that transforms our lives. But I'd love to address one of, a couple of his specific questions here that he has, especially regarding the issue of the behavior of pornography and masturbation. Yeah. And, and we, I think the porn one is easier because it's like clearly pornography is sin, right? Mm-hmm there could be some muddy waters in, in the whole spectrum of Christendom <laughs> around the issue of masturbation. But what do you say to a single man who is saying, I'm bringing up the question of what does it look like for a single man to have healthy sexuality and what, where does that leave masturbation in this entire conversation? Well, pornography is usually used with masturbation. Yeah. If not looking directly at it, calling up memories of pornography you've seen from the past. So they're both, idolat- they're both forms of idolatry, according to Ephesians 5. Uh, any kind of sexual immorality is a form of idolatry. And this is one of the hidden belief systems uh, that people have, and they don't know it, that they're actually um, worshiping the images rather than God. So going back to my previous answer again, renouncing the idolatry, turning back to God and asking him to take it away. You see, we're not only saved by 
grace. We're sanctified by grace. Amen, yeah. Grace brings power with it, provided we want it. And so a changing of the heart, a changing of the mind is a critical element to this. Now, as for masturbation, that's a big question for a single person. Uh, a lot of, a lot of um, uh, people started that very early in life, and it's kind of got, gotten baked into their brain. The, the constant release of uh, neurochemicals uh, during orgasm is, is an addiction, really, just like alcoholism and drug, drug taking. So you really need supernatural help to rewire the brain. And, and so that's one of the elements that you do. Um, another element is, uh, say you're an early teen, you're just entering puberty, you've got all this new equipment, and you're trying to figure out how to use it, and so you enter into masturbation uh, somewhat innocently, um, oftentimes, unless you've been exposed to pornography already. Uh, and I don't think that innocent exploration is a sin at all, unless you're accompanying it with uh, idolatrous images. But eventually, as you grow through your teen years and your relationship with God, you need to, uh, you need to recognize that it is impeding a future relationship with your wife. And I mean, it's well known now that uh, chronic masturbation can produce intimate, uh, impotence right. even in people in their early 20s or late teens. I mean, you're really harming yourself a great deal. So what do you do when the temptation comes? The same thing you do with any other temptation. You stop the images and you say, Lord, help come right now and, and cause me to flee this, as the Bible says, and not only send it away, but make it rue the day it ever came and tempted me. Mm. Really hit back hard on it, Lord, so that it is frightened to ever do it again. I'm talking about the demonic powers that often come uh, when we're tempted. And, um, you know, that works a lot of times when I do that. Another thing I do is, and I usually get flooded with temptations late at night when I'm trying to sleep and early in the morning when I've just woken up. And so what I do in the morning is I just get out of bed and yeah. go on my work day. You have to escape the flood of temptation somehow. You have to flee somehow. And part of the fleeing is your own actions, your own disciplines, as you said. Um, and that's one of the things I do. Another thing, particularly if it's happening at night, I will, I will begin to envision the Lord. Uh, I will, counter the evil temptations with the beautiful glory of God. And it's hard to enter into sin when you're imaging the yes. glory of the God you really love with all your heart. And, and to kind of the way I would frame that up, you know, I believe that ultimately our design by God as human beings made in his image is we are designed to be worshipers, which is why God so throughout all of his scriptures warns against idolatry of any form, right? And I tend to believe that masturbation, even in the most, um, you know, attempted innocent intentions, subtly brings in a sense of self-focus. And also I think it can, it can, without us even realizing it, it can bring in a sense of entitlement around pleasure. Like I deserve pleasure um, instead all, of, 
instead of instead of what I believe the Bible teaches, and that is, well, actually, I deserve hell and death. <laughs> so let's get the gospel straight in terms of what it actually provides for us. It provides for us life and and hope and an eternity with God. And so I think when we put it into the grand scheme of things, it's like this is, if I can put it this way, a very small thing that can have very huge negative ramifications of misdirecting us in terms of where our focus and our life and our energies are meant to be spent. And it's really meant to be spent in the worship of God. And, and in that we then serve others. And I feel like when guys can start to get that single or married, they start to experience that abundant life that Jesus talks about because the real joy. And if I can put it this way, pleasure in life is not from having our focus on ourselves but it's from learning how to get out of the way and let God do his work through us. And when we do that, we learn how to love our neighbor and, and all of that. So in our last couple of minutes here, what are some just maybe final words of encouragement for the single men out there that you would want to give to them as a, as a message of hope or just some things that might be helpful for them as we close our time? Well, one other thing I always recommend is when the temptation comes, address it immediately. Uh, and don't give it any time because the more time you give, give it, the more power it is given by you to make it much harder to turn away. So uh, another big thing that happens, and I said it's imperfect, especially with masturbation. Uh, I was delivered from pornography instantly, and I've never been tempted by it again. So there can be a a real powerful deliverance. But sometimes it's a very slow deliverance, particularly if your behavior, like masturbation, is tied into childhood traumas and self-hatred condemnation like that. Um, if it isn't, it's a much quicker deliverance. But if it is, and you fail, the typical person is going to absorb self-condemnation and, and practice their self-hatred. And we have to train ourselves to turn away from that. Also, we have to train ourselves to realize that, as you said, this is not the biggest of issues. Uh, adultery and uh, prostitution, there's all kinds of things that create a whole lot more damage. So when you slip in this area, uh, do not let self-hatred and self-condemnation lies dwell in your mind. Instead, turn to the Lord and say, cleanse me again, Lord, by your blood. I have failed you, uh, and I don't want to anymore. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're dwelling in grace after the failure rather than in condemnation. And yeah. that is criti- it's probably the most critical thing about this whole thing. Yeah, and I think that then reinforces the the great not only the grace message, but it, it invites again that power that also comes with the grace of God. Grace is not weak; it's by the by grace that we are trained to say no to ungodliness and to live upright uh, lives. Right. So, um, thank you so much, David, for for being with us. I, I I pray that this really blesses this listener and and many of the other listeners that we have that are single men out there. But um, one last time, if you can let listeners know how they might be able to connect with your book and just other resources that you have available. Uh, everything is on our main website, which is purepassion.us. They can watch the videos there. They can read a ton of articles, listen to entire conferences on audio. Uh, they can get our books there. Um, just everything you can imagine. Uh, the podcast is linked from there. So purepassion.us is the one-stop shop. Awesome. Well, thanks again, David, for being with us. You're welcome. Good to be with you.
And listeners, we're always glad that you're with us. And uh, you can uh, reach out to us at puresexradio.com or hit us up on Twitter at Pure Sex Radio. And we look forward to having you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.